Hello there, friend. How are you? I hope you're having a good day. I am so excited that today, as I record this, it's Monday. Let's see, Monday, May 1st, actually, when I'm recording this, and it will come out May 3rd. I'm so excited that the sun came out today, and I'm just seeing it peek through the trees right now. I don't, if you live in Pennsylvania with me, we have had rain and clouds for so long, and it is so exciting to see the sun again. I love it. And so funny to think of how much the weather can affect our mood. I mean, you know, they've done studies on this. I know that, um, you know, through the winter, people get more depressed and all that. And you can even get those lights that um, give you like uh, whatever it is we get from the sun. <laughs> but uh, a few weeks ago, I was thinking about it and noticing that the forsythia bushes and the daffodils are that bright, bright yellow. And they come out when the world, at least where I live, they come out where the world is so gray. Um, because, you know, early spring, um, like late winter, early spring, it's just so cloudy and gray all the time. And I love that God gave us daffodils and forsythia bushes so that we just have that pop of color uh, to remind us that spring is coming. And a few weeks ago when, well, I mean, we're past that season now, but a few weeks ago when um, I was noticing the daffodils and the forsythia bushes, I was like, you know, that's just, it's just like a little uh, word picture that God gave us of hope to just see that little glimmer of beauty that, you know, hope, spring is coming, hope that there is something better ahead. That's what God has for us. So much better ahead, right? I love that. I was just thinking about that and thinking about how it's so easy for our circumstances, like five cloudy, rainy days in a row, to affect how we feel, to affect even our contentment. And yet God says in his word, that we don't have to let circumstances control how we feel, whether it's the weather or, you know, kids acting up or arguing in a relationship or whatever it might be, whatever circumstance. It could even be circumstances that look impossible. Like there's just no good solution to this situation. Even then, God says, no, nothing is impossible for me. And you can find contentment in me. Contentment in Christ. I'm still thinking about it. And today I have something to share with you that I had to cut out of the retreat. And I was so sad to not share uh, this little nugget on the retreat, but I'm going to share today a little nugget about contentment in Christ. That's what I'm pondering today. This is the Pause and Ponder podcast with me, Susie. Thanks for joining me. Let's pause and ponder the greatness of God together. Okay, so last time I just talked about being discontent, which was not very encouraging, I'm sure. But yeah, that was where I started. So uh, talking about discontent 
and the definition of discontent being not having what we want and not wanting what we have. Great definition. But today I want to move on to the actual definition of contentment. What is Christian contentment? So I think I mentioned that I read this book by a Puritan pastor, Jeremiah Burroughs. Awesome book, long book, but really good if you want to really delve into uh, what this is and and if you really want to be challenged. Um, I listened to the audiobook and it was great. And uh, the official title, I think, is um, The Divine Jewel of Christian Contentment, or maybe just The Divine Jewel of Contentment, something like that, by Jeremiah Burroughs. Anyway, he defined contentment this way. Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, and he spent a long time on each of these words, that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit, freely submitting to and taking complacency in God's wise and fatherly dispose in every condition. That's what Jeremiah Burroughs said. And then he went through each phrase of that, each word of that, and explained what it meant. So then I put it in modern language for the retreat. This was how I defined it. It's very similar, but just slightly slightly more modern language. Contentment in Christ is that sweet, inward, peacefully settled heart of the believer who, dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit, demonstrates the grace of God in every circumstance with two things willing surrender, and continued faith in God's providence, God's goodness, and God's faithfulness. So that was my definition. Sweet. It's sweet because contentment in Christ is about that fellowship we have with Jesus. The word sweet uh, encompasses everything it is to experience the presence of Christ in our life. That is sweet, like so much more than just, it's such an understatement to just call it sweet, but that's why sweet is part of this definition, because we have that fellowship with the presence of Christ. It's inward. It's not just what we say outward, but inward. And this was, this was part of what I didn't have time to say on the retreat. It's inward, which is really important, I think, because so often we look at discontent as being complaining, which is in our words, right? And that's true. Complaining was a big part of discontent and the the evidence of discontent and unbelief in the Israelites who were wandering the desert was their complaining. And God had a big problem with complaining. And yet that can make it sound like if we just shut up and don't complain, we'll be content. And that's not true because it's not just in the words, it's inward. It's contentment in Christ is in our soul. And um, I think it was Jeremiah Burroughs who made the point that even Judas didn't complain. Like he w- because they didn't even know. They were like, who is it gonna be? We don't know. Because he didn't he didn't express his discontent outwardly but he obviously had discontent in his soul. Isn't that interesting? So it's not just about shutting up and not complaining, even though it is that too. 
But even Judas, even Judas was able to shut up and not complain. But he was not content in his soul. So what is it to be content in our soul? For contentment in Christ to be inward. Well, I may have mentioned this before, but Psalm 62 is my absolute favorite psalm. And I think I think as I have looked through all this contentment stuff, I think it's my favorite psalm because it brings me back to contentment in my soul when circumstances are not so great for whatever reason. Psalm 62 is the prayer of coming back to contentment in my soul, to inward contentment in Christ. Psalm 62, a meditation on being content in Christ in my soul. And it says this, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. My soul silently waits for God. That's what it said. And waiting on God in difficult circumstances, waiting on God is a big part of inward contentment, knowing God can handle this. This is not too hard for God. I'm trusting God to provide in this situation, to change this situation, to strengthen me, to endure this situation. It makes me think of all the passages that say, we do, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Second Corinthians 4 says two times, we do not lose heart. That's the passage where Paul is describing how difficult all of his life is, but that they were sustained through Christ. And they say, we do not lose heart. And Psalm 27 says, I would have lost heart if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He would have given up if he hadn't had that hope, if his soul hadn't been silently waiting on God. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. Nothing else, nothing else will sustain us. Nothing else is going to change anything. Nothing else is going to make a difference. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. That is inward contentment in Christ. Then it goes on, Psalm 62, to say, How long will you attack a man? So here's his circumstance. Not his inward contentment, but the circumstance. You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies, they bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. So that was the circumstance. So he pours out his circumstance. Lord, I'm trusting in you. This is the awful thing happening to me. Here it is, Lord. But then he comes back to that inward contentment, despite those circumstances. And you might not be having someone attack you, or you might, I don't know. You might have someone lying about you, or it might be something else. Either way. We come back to this, whatever the circumstance. And I love this. I just love, love, love this. It's my favorite verse. Verse 5, 62, Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul, he's directing his soul, telling his soul, 
My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. I am expecting God to move in my life. I am expecting God to strengthen and establish me. I'm expecting God to give me the ability to walk these steps on this path he has me on. I'm expecting God to fill me with his Holy Spirit again today. I'm expecting God to do the impossible, to what looks impossible to me, what is impossible for me, I'm expecting God to do. I'm expecting God to do more than I can ask or imagine. I'm expecting God to reveal his glory in my life. I'm expecting God to reveal his strength in my weakness. My expectation is from him. My soul waits silently for God alone. Not just my mouth, but my soul. For my expectation is from him. You know what? He is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is loving. He is kind. And he is wise. His ways are always good. God is good. The definition said, having continued faith in God's providence, God's goodness, and God's faithfulness. It is because of who God is, not because of who I am, but because of who God is, that he is faithful, he is good, and he rules over all. And because of that, my expectation is in him only. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. And remember, the circumstances in this psalm were people lying about him and people attacking him. No matter what we're facing, God is our defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. I love the next few verses because it balances it out. It balances out this wait silently. Verse 8 says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. That isn't silent. And yet it's pouring out our heart of all that's on our heart to the Lord in expectation that he is faithful, that he is good, that he rules over all. We can tell him what's on our heart, not in complaint, but in, oh, Lord, I need you right? That's pouring out our heart to him. We don't have to be silent. We don't have to shut up and fake it. We can pour out our heart before God. He, this is the command, pour out your heart to God, but pour out your heart to God in trust that he is there, that he is faithful, that he is good, and that he is loving. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us a place of safety and rest and the place you run to when you need somewhere to hide. That's what God is. And he is our hiding place. When, you know, when there's just too many rainy days in a row, when circumstances are difficult, we run to him, we hide in him, and we can still be content. 
not needing anything else, not even needing the awful circumstance to change because he sustains us. And that's where we do not lose heart comes from. Psalm 62 goes on and mentions some other things that I see as part of contentment. But today, I just want to just want to focus on the one nugget that the contentment in Christ is inward. It's not just saying, shut up and don't complain. It's saying, be content in your soul. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Psalm 62 ends this way. God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to his work. Power and mercy, power and mercy belong to God. Power and mercy, that's what we need today to have that contentment in Christ that is inward in our soul, the expectation that God is powerful, that God is merciful. Just like a daffodil or a forsythia bush, it's that glimmer of hope, that truth that we hold on to, even when all around us is gray and cloudy. God is powerful. God is merciful. He only is our rock and our expectation is in him. And that's it for today. Just that one little nugget that contentment in Christ is inward. When we say be content in Christ, we're not saying shut up and stop complaining. We're saying pour out your heart to God. Look to him, find your expectation for things to change for good to come in God alone. Till next time.